there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. Afternoon, everyone. Everyone okay? Sorry, it's a very, uh, I felt like there was a very abrupt end there. Sorry, everybody. Don't quite know how it happened. <laughs> For those of you who, uh, who don't know uh, me, hello, it is wonderful to see you. My name is Ben. Uh, I am one of the leaders here at Springs. Um, and um, yeah, part of Springs life since before day one. Before day one. Some would say birth, but it was always in the Lord's plan. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, this afternoon I'm going to bring you just a short message. Um, we're going to keep along with the, the theme that we started um, last week. If you missed last week's message, Pete opened our brand new series, Now is the Time. If you uh, didn't catch that message last week, it is available on our YouTube page. Uh, it's also on Spotify or anywhere else that you get your podcasts from. Please go back and listen because Pete really set the scene for Now is the Time. Now is the Time to share our faith. And we will harp on about this for the rest of the year, church. <laughs> I hope you don't get sick of the same message every single week. We are harping on about now is the time to share our faith every single week. Wasn't Screeno amazing just with his testimony? Absolutely incredible. I pray that as you leave this place, you remember his words more than you remember what we say right now, that you remember the stories that took place that affected real lives and, and real people. Um, before I start, let's just pray, and then we'll get on with today's message. Lord, I thank you that you have been with us already in our worship. Lord, I thank you that we can sense um, something a bit different here. Lord, we might say that that's your presence. And Lord, I just pray that today that, that your presence would speak to us. May your Holy Spirit guide us. May your, may your Spirit speak to us so deeply in our hearts that we're changed from within this afternoon. Lord, we love you. We lift your name on high. Amen. Amen. I think this week has evidenced, church, that um, news travels fast. Would you agree? News travels very fast indeed. Um, in fact, I, uh, I think it's one of those events this week. I think you will always remember where you were when you found out that Queen Elizabeth II had, uh, had passed away. Um, I was reading Caleb, a bedtime story, my son. Uh, we were reading about Swoop the Magpie who is friends with um, a cat in New Zealand. I don't know how on earth we've got this book. It's somehow appeared in our lives. It's very good. And uh, I, could, I could feel, as I was reading this story, I could feel my, my phone buzzing in my pocket. Bzz, 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 bzz. And um, that's the noise the phone makes, in case you didn't know. I'm just illustrating the story for you. And um, as, I, as I, I realized, oh, something's happened with the Queen. I'd been keeping up that the, the family had been sent down. And, and so you kind of... When, you, when your phone buzzes like that, you either think, well, there's something happened dreadful in my own family or something that's happened outside in the world. And um, I think it's just evidence that news travels very fast indeed, especially in today's age. There isn't a day uh, where you can go without picking up some kind of news, be that through your social media or be that through uh, news apps, through word of mouth. Uh, I remember when, uh, when our kids were born, when Caleb was born four years ago and, and, and EV. Uh, 10, 11 months ago. Is that about right? About right. Um, I remember my getting, getting texts from people that I had not spoken to for years and that we had not told that the, the, the children had arrived. We'd not said Caleb was born or Evie was born. We were getting lots and lots of texts because 
news travels fast, doesn't it, church? Exciting news and good news travels even faster, I believe. Um, and so what I want to talk to you about this afternoon is that the good news can travel just as fast. And so I want to talk to you about what this good news might mean for us today. And we start off by reading from the book of Luke. Uh, books in the Bible are normally named after the people who wrote them or, or had some sort of ownership in the, in the authorship of them. Maybe um, they were letters that had been sent to a particular place. And so if you were reading a book called Luke, we can imagine that a guy called Luke wrote that book. And so Luke was a doctor, uh, and he was uh, someone that wrote down what happened with, uh, with his friend Jesus. And we're looking in chapter 4. We're going to read from verse 16 to 21. He, talking about Jesus, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. That is the equivalent of a mic drop uh, moment. <laughs> the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I love the part where Jesus stands up and takes ownership in front of his own friends and family. The place where he had been brought up, uh, the place where they knew him inside out. Jesus had probably made these people's tables and doors and chairs. Jesus was a carpenter by trade. And so these people probably had Jesus' original furniture in their houses. And yet Jesus is here standing at the front saying, I'm now moving out of what would be my job into what would be my calling. My favorite part here, he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. What is this good news? What is this good news? Uh, we're going to go through this afternoon. I want to talk to you about what is this good news? I want to talk to you about why should we share the good news? And then I want to close with how should we share this good news? So what is this good news all about? We're going to skip to a book called John. Remember, if Luke was written by Luke, we, we imagine that John was written by a guy called John. And again, we're in chapter 4. There must be something about the fourth chapter of some books today. And this is what it says in John 4:35. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Again, Jesus' words right here saying, the fields are ripe for harvest. What was he talking about? Was he talking about literal farming? Was he giving them farming advice? Was he playing the equivalent? Has anyone ever played Farming Simulator? Right. Yes, Glynis has played Farming Simulator. Here we go. We've got some ownership in the room. Farming Simulator is an incredible game where you get to pretend to be a farmer. Um, and there's not much else to it. You have to, water, you have to water your fields at the right time. And you have to look after, yeah, and Joel's also played the sequel, Goat Simulator, where you, <laughs> it's not an over-intelligent game, you have to be a goat. Jesus was here, <laughs> Jesus was here not, not playing the equivalent of Farming Simulator. Jesus was not trying to give farming advice. Jesus was, was using this as a metaphor to talk to his people, to talk to his friends, to say, actually, people's hearts are ready to hear this good news. 
Church, the good news never sounded so good. In the world that we live right now, in the world that we live in, where um, we've lost a figurehead in our nation, in the world where we live in, where there are wars raging that are just evil and wrong, in a world that we live in where um, we're seeing young black men being shot in, in South London, um, in, in a world that we live in right now, the good news never sounded so good. Romans 6, verse 22 to 23 says this, Now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that this this good gift means that if we put our faith and our trust in him, then we no longer spend eternity apart from him. The good news is that, that we have an opportunity here, not only to have a purpose in our life now, not only to live our lives directed by God, but also to have an eternity alongside him. As we've already alluded to, the place where Her Majesty the Queen is residing right now. We're going to look at Romans 8, verses 1 to 4. I love these scriptures. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you have ever been in a church building and felt condemned and felt belittled and judged, that is not the Bible. That is, that is church, and we apologize profoundly for that. That is, that is human beings. Let's talk about Jesus. Verse 2 says, Because through Jesus Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Let's unpick those Christian words, shall we? The law of sin and death means following the world. It means following your own ideas. It means following something that is not of God, whether that's intentional or just general day-to-day life. When the Bible says, who gives his life, who has set you free, it means... Jesus is here to take us past the things of this world. Verse 3, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, like us, like human beings, to be a sin offering. And so he condemned, condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Whoa. There is a huge amount there to unpack, and some of it doesn't make sense because it's not quite in the same words that we would would use nowadays. I'm going to read the same scripture, but I'm going to read it from um, a paraphrase of the Bible called The Message. Hopefully, this might help you think about those words in a slightly different way. It says this in the Message version. With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, the fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ's being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a fated life of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. In his son Jesus, he personally took on the human condition, entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. The law code, weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, 
could never have done that. The law always ended up being used as a, here's an Americanism, a band-aid, a plaster on sin, instead of deep healing of it. And now what the law code asks for us, but we couldn't deliver, is accomplished as we, instead of redoubling our own efforts, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. What is the good news? The good news is it is not about us. The good news is we no longer have to tick boxes to please God. The good news is that instead of redoubling our own efforts, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us is enough. It is not hard to enter heaven, ladies and gentlemen. It is about believing in Christ Jesus. It's about believing in his resurrected life. I'm going to skip down a little bit. I want to read some more scripture to you. So we're still in Romans 8, but we're in verses 15 to 17. This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through hard times with him, we're certainly going to go through good times with him. Just like James said, he felt like God had never left his side. If he goes through bad times with us, surely he will go through good times with us as well. There's um, a part of the Bible, again in the book of Luke, just after Jesus is resurrected. And um, two of his disciples are walking on a road. They're walking on a road to a place called Emmaus. And as they're walking, um, a hooded figure comes alongside them. Well, not hooded, but they didn't recognize who this man, who this man was. And he starts talking with them and walking with them. And as they suddenly, the penny drops, they realize this man is Jesus all along. And as, as he leaves, they turn to each other and say, didn't our hearts burn like fire when he explained the scriptures to us? Church, do we have some good news to share? We do. We do have some good news to share. Well, why should we share this good news? Why should we share it? If we have good news, why should we share it? I'm going to play a video in a second by a chap called Pat Allerton. Pat Allerton is famous for being the portable priest over lockdown. I don't know if you saw this at all, but... Um, Palatin went around when his church was closed and um, took his boombox with him around the streets of London. And um, he just did his church services out in the streets with people opening their windows to, to listen to him. And um, here, Pat explains why his faith is so important to him. And I think this explains why we should share our faith. So if technology works, we will play the video. When I became a Christian, my, my mum really struggled with it, actually, uh, because she had big hopes for me. She knew, I guess, saw stuff in me that she thought I was capable of and capable of achieving and thought this Christian path of humility and service and pursuing different routes might not get you there. And so when I started looking, started looking like I might become a preacher, a minister, an evangelist, a, a vicar, dare I say it, she very much pushed me like, no, 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 you should be a, you're good at arguing. You know, you should be a barrister. You know, your granddad was a barrister, your uncle's a barrister, you know, and uh, you'd be great at that. Plus it makes more money. So she tried to push me down that path. I mean, 
And I understand where she was coming from. But the thing is, for me, meeting Jesus Christ, experiencing his grace, his life, I was empty without that. I was just stumbling around in the dark without that. I could have gone down some very dark parts and got very lost indeed uh, without finding him or without him finding me. So when I experienced his grace, his presence, his reality, and came into relationship with him, that was everything to me, that I found and experienced what everyone's looking for and what all of us are made for. All I wanted to do was tell other people. I was like a beggar who'd found bread, who just wanted to shout, hey, it's over here, there's plenty for us, come and get it. One beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And I knew that was my calling. I knew that's all I daydreamt about doing. There's no higher calling for me than telling other people about Jesus. There's a great expression that says, if called to be a preacher, who would stoop to be a king? There we go. Good looking bloke, isn't he? Oof. Sorry, ladies. He got married last year. Sorry to tell you. I love, I love what Pat said there about, um, he, he said, I couldn't, I couldn't not share the good news. I was like a beggar who found bread. Hey, it's over here. There's plenty for us. Why should we share the good news? For the very fact that it is good news. No more needed in terms of our explanation there. The good news shared is good news that became fruit in you. The good news shared is good news that is shared with others. Meaning that the same inheritance you've received can be passed to somebody else without diluting your own inheritance. Normally, if, you, if you've got your inheritance, um, there's a financial gift that's, that's come in from, from a family member and, and you share that inheritance, it means you actually have less money than you, ended, than you should have had it in the first place. If you're splitting your inheritance between two siblings, they get half the inheritance each. Or if you're splitting it with three siblings, it, you get a smaller amount. But the world of God doesn't work like that. And the wonderful thing is that when we share the good news, our inheritance actually increases. What a wonderful thought. Why should we share the good news? Because it's good news. How should we share the good news? How should we share the good news? Ben, can I have some practical tips, please? Because people say these wonderful things at church and they get me all excited and then it gets to Monday morning and uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, some, someone asks me about my weekend and I say, yeah, 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 it's fine, thanks, and move on. Um, I've got some words from Queen Elizabeth II. In 2014, she said, For me, the life of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, whose birth we celebrate today, part of her Christmas message, is an inspiration and an anchor in my life, a role model of reconciliation and forgiveness. He stretched out his hands in love, acceptance, and healing. Christ's example has taught me to seek, to respect, and value people of all faith whatever faith or none. 2011, Queen Elizabeth II said this. Although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that sometimes we need saving from ourselves. From our recklessness or our greed, God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a savior with the power to forgive. A few years before that, in 1981, the Queen said this. Christ not only revealed to us the truth in his teaching, he lived by what he believed and gave us the strength to do the same. And finally, on the cross, he showed the supreme example of physical and moral courage. 
And the last thing I want to read from the Queen was in 2012. Again, a Christmas message. This is the time of year when we remember that God sent his only son to serve, not to be served. He restored love and service to the center of our lives in the person of Jesus Christ. How can we share our faith? I believe we should probably do what the Queen did. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Nowhere did the Queen mention the wonderful, uh, the wonderful gathering of church even though it's wonderful. Nowhere did the queens talk about lovely, lovely worship music. Nowhere in that did the queen talk about a fantastic time when you got to, to speak to somebody. The queen spoke about Jesus. Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the Bible says. How do you share your faith? You talk about Jesus. What we're doing here at the front is giving you some ideas of, of how to share your faith. When we spoke to James, James, we spoke to James and said, what happened? That's a really easy question for you to have ready. To have in your mind something to say, why do I believe what I believe? If someone asks me on Monday at work, why do I believe what I believe? What am I going to say? Have an answer prepared. Have an answer prepared. Get something that you know doesn't sound not you. Don't make it fake. Make something that, that feels real to you. Have a sentence or two ready to share. If someone asks you, why do you believe in Jesus? There's a, there's a part of the Bible that says, always be ready to defend um, your faith. And although we might not necessarily be defending our faith here, the same is true of always be ready to have a reason to share your faith. It can be quite as easy as, uh, as the Queen. A gentle but strong, meek but firm sharing of faith. For me, one of the easiest ways to share my faith is um, the practical things that, that might happen on a Sunday. Um, I did some video editing for, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a primary school teacher by trade. Um, and I was doing some editing of a video for our website. And it just came up in conversation, how, did, how do you know how to do this? Oh, well, actually, over lockdown, we didn't have any choice. We couldn't meet in our, our normal church building, so I had to learn how to edit videos. Um, and so it, it, it was... For me, there's always a practical element of, uh, of oh, well, I, I've, I can do this thing because it needed doing at church, and so <laughs> I learned how to do it. Um, but for you, it could be something like, oh, did you have a good weekend? If anyone asks you if you have a good weekend, the answer is, yeah, I, I blah, 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 Saturday, and I went to church on Sunday. It's always an easy in. There's an easy in every single time. And the do you have a, did you have a nice weekend question, I guarantee 85, 90% of us will have that question tomorrow. Doesn't need to be a, um, yes, and Jesus can save you, please come to church next week. We're not asking, <laughs> we're not asking for intensity. We're asking for deliberateness. Just a little, a little seed. Yeah, I, yeah, I had a great weekend, thanks. Yeah, I saw the family, uh, popped to church on Sunday, it was lovely. How was your weekend? It's all that's needed. And from then on, you have laid the ground down that that person knows that you attend church, at the very least. If you can then talk about Jesus at a later date, what a wonderful thing. I remember having a conversation with a colleague who um, knew, knew I was a Christian, again, because I'd slotted in the, and I went to church on Sunday, line. And uh, that then opens doors that you wouldn't expect. People will come to you, I guarantee, people will come to you and ask your opinion on things. Um, people will come to you and want to know what you think. 
Because having a, having a faith in this generation, unfortunately, is not a normal thing. Last week, Pete shared some statistics about Generation Z uh, and Generation Alpha and all the different generations now, and that we're actually in a post-Christian generation. Um, and so having a faith is not a normal thing in our, in our world anymore. I can guarantee if people clock on that you're a Christian, they will ask you about things. Part of the wonderful thing of sharing your faith is that people will also come and ask you to, to pray about things. If you've got people in your life that you, you trust, people in work that you've got a good, strong relationship with, I've lost count now the amount of times of people have spoke to me and said, I've got a family member that's not very well. Uh, would you mind praying? Oh, absolutely. No one will ever say no to prayer. There are very practical things that, that you can do. But Ben, what about, what about cancel culture or about wokeness? I'm worried that if I, if I, if I share my faith, aren't people going to think I'm some sort of, uh, aren't people going to assume things about what I believe? Aren't people going to, um, aren't people going to suggest that I can't share my faith in, in 2022? I would put it to you that the Queen has been sharing her faith on TV in front of millions of people for years, and she's not been cancelled. I would say, be brave, be bold, and have that conversation. It starts with a little seed. It starts with a little seed. What can, what can you practically do? I think, number one, you need to empathize with people. I think you need to empathize with people. I think you need to be able to say to people, um, I, I know what you're going through. You need to be able to get on a level with people. I understand your, your feelings. I understand your pain. I may not have experienced them, but I want to put myself on your level. If you empathize with people, you will open doors that you wouldn't believe would be possible. Romans 12 verse 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Real practical tip. Be empathetic in your day-to-day life. That will help you share your faith no end. Second of all, serve. One of the best ways that people know I'm a Christian at work is if I make them a tea or coffee in the morning. (laughs) Or um, recently in the world of primary school, um, I don't think it will be very well known in wider circles. Glue sticks are like gold dust in primary schools. And um, the very simple act of um, I got this year, I got to the glue stick box first. And uh, in front of me were 300 glue sticks. This is honestly the most exciting part of my week last week. So sorry if this is boring for you. Um, what I did was I, I, got, I got my glue sticks and set aside some for my, for, for my team as well, for, for some of the other teachers that I work alongside. The simple act of showing up with a basket of glue sticks made one of them nearly cry. Um, it drew tears to their eyes. <laughs> You really need to pray for your kids' teachers. Um, serving other people in your workplace, serving other people in your family, doing things for them, not out of manipulation, but out of a heart that says, I love you and I want to work for you. That'll open doors. That will definitely open doors. Last of all, what is the practical thing that you can do to share your faith? Pray. Pray. Pray for the people in your life that you would like to share your faith with. Pray that God would open a door, and then don't be surprised if he does, (laughs) because I've done that many times. Oh, Lord, I really pray that you open up a conversation today with that person, and then I forget about it 
And then you have a conversation with someone and you go, oh, I didn't think that would happen today. But you, we prayed it. You prayed it this morning. Have some faith. Have some faith to say if we pray something, God will do something. For those of you who maybe are hearing this for the first time, maybe you yourself are sitting there thinking, I don't know if, I don't know if I am a, a Christian. Um, I don't know if I believe these things at the moment. But you could well be sitting here right now and your heart could be beating a little bit faster than normal. Um, it might be that God is trying to say something to you this afternoon. And it would be remiss of me to give a message about sharing, my, sharing our faith and not give you a chance to accept that same faith this afternoon. So I'm going to pray a prayer shortly, and I'm going to pray this prayer for people who maybe have never prayed before. Maybe you've never said to Jesus that you would like to, to live this life with him. The Bible talks a lot about being born again. The moment that when you give your heart to Jesus, that you are then born again uh, into a brand new life. And so I would like to give you the opportunity this afternoon to pray for you. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if this prayer is for you, I would just ask that you pray it within your own heart, within your own being. Everyone's going to have their, their head bowed. And at the end of the prayer, while everyone's still got their head bowed, I would just pray that, and, and ask that if you said that prayer in your heart for the first time and you really, truly meant it, would you just look up and make eye contact with me at the end of the prayer? We're not going to make a big song and dance. We're not going to pull you out to the front. But we would like to quietly give you a Bible and we would like to quietly pray with you if, if we can. So I'm going to pray. Would we, bow our, would we bow our heads? And as we do, if this prayer is for you, I would love you to say this prayer in your heart right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the things that I've done in my life that have been um, not of you, whether I did those things on purpose or whether I just did those things because it was life. Lord, I'm sorry that I may have, may have been a little bit ignorant of, of things of you before. Lord, please come into my life. I don't understand what it means. I have hundreds of unanswered questions, things I want to find out more about. But what I do know is that I, I want to start this journey with you. Lord, thank you that because I ask, you can now come and help me. You can now come and be with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're all going to keep our heads bowed in this moment. And I would just ask if, if anyone in this room prayed that prayer for the first time, would you just look up and make eye contact with me? We'll know to give you a Bible. Pray with you. Amen. 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 Bless you, church. Bless you, church. I'm going to pray for all of us right now. Lord, we thank you that we now have an opportunity this week to go and share our faith. Lord, we now have a chance to go and be bold and brave and courageous. And just like the Queen did, we can go and share what we believe with our friends, with our family. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk. God bless.